that song, Catherine, take me, take me deeper, where my faith is without borders. You know, I'm out of the boat today. And my eyes are on Jesus. Our eyes are on Jesus, not the waves. That's a wonderful, wonderful song. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jan Williamson, for those who don't know me. And I'm very excited to be here with Pastor Chelsea to present together information, observations, and teachings on a spiritual discipline that has set, I know, my heart on fire, and I know several others, um, and you'll be hearing about that this morning. Um, Back in June, myself and Pastor Chelsea and seven others from our church attended a four-day retreat over in Surrey entitled Growing the Church in the Power of the Holy Spirit. Many of us, if not all, were so positively impacted in some way that we are desiring to grow deeper in intimacy with him, desiring to draw closer to the Father's heart and learn how to become more fervent disciples of Jesus. We returned spiritually renewed and decided to continue meeting for further dialogue and prayer, particularly looking to the Holy Spirit for his guidance on where we should go from here. Several of you have been reading the books that we uh, brought back from the conference. They're circulating and have expressed an interest in hearing about this time we, uh, we spent and what we're doing from, from there on and here on. So I will be describing an overview of our retreat experience. And Pastor Chelsea will offer her pastoral insights and biblical and spiritual applications to the points I cover. This will take about 25 minutes, and this is replacing her sermon, so you don't have to worry that you have to wait and sit through another bit of whatever. Of whatever. (laughs) You can tell when I don't have it written down, you know, whatever comes out of my mouth. (laughs) Touché. And after that, I will also be um, walking on water. I'm going to be uh, leading a short congregational prayer. And uh, so that is our format for today. So we're going to have to pass the mic. Why are we doing this at the end of a series on discipleship? Well, uh, prayer really is the key to becoming a disciple and staying a disciple and being a disciple of Jesus we have looked at a number of postures over the last few weeks of, of characteristics, of disciplines, of practices, of attitudes, of disciples. And the way that you stay connected to God is through prayer. So prayer is a key piece to a lot of the disciplines that I introduced you to in your worship folders over the last number of weeks. And prayer is a way of receiving from God, remembering God's story, Right? responding or being called to respond in love. And prayer is a way that we are relational with one another, remembering one another in prayer. And I find that for most of us, at one point or another in our spiritual journey, journey, prayer becomes a narrow understanding of what it is, or prayer becomes a stale practice. And for disciples of Jesus, the truth of the matter is, that it actually opens up to us a world of experiences that cannot be ever fully stale. 
because prayer is more than just dear God. Da 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 da. da. Amen. Prayer is a is a myriad of ways of talking and listening with God. And it's the place, it's one of the ways, one of the key ways that God does his work of growing us and transforming us. And so this morning to me is about giving you a picture of what growing as a disciple of Jesus has looked like in the lives of nine people from our church who were taught some key things and key practices or introduced to key ways of praying and have now decided to follow the call of Jesus deeper into those practices. So why don't I just offer a quick prayer, and then we will charge on. Lord, we are so thankful for this gift of both speaking and listening to you. So as Jan and I speak with one another and with this congregation, we ask, Holy Spirit, for your presence to abound and to fill this place with not only our words and our prayers, with not only our wishes and our desires, but most of all, God, with your presence, with your conviction, and with your calling. So I lift up my sister here, Jan, to you as she speaks. May they be words that bring you glory and show us how we can draw closer to you. And each of us here opens our hearts to receive, our minds to understand, our souls to believe the power that you have given to us through prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. So we'll be looking at a number of different scripture passages, and I'm not going to give you time to look them up in your Bibles. So if you want to look at them later, you can write them down and look at them. So I'm not going to invite you to come get a Bible. So during the conference, um, I just wanted to emphasize that, um, you know, there wasn't anything scary or mystifying or perplexing about the topical content or how it was presented. The goal and approach of the seminar was to equip leaders and churches in the practicalities of seeking, discerning, and then acting on the guidance of the Holy Spirit. God wants our cooperation to get his purposes accomplished for individuals, our churches, and our world. They called it the divine human cooperative, which is just a fancy word for, you know, it, it's, it's his agenda, not ours. Um, and uh, that's really what it's all about, getting, uh, moving people onto his agenda and getting ourselves out of the way. So what you're saying, Jan, is that God wants us to be humbly receptive to his plans, plans which can be confirmed and affirmed or tested when we remember the story of God that's found in the Bible. Plans that call us to respond to the world with his love and plans that call us to build relationships with one another to be a more faithful witness to that. That's the, that's the cooperative that God is calling us to. So, so how do we do that? And this is what we, we really observed at the conference we know that God has given us the privilege of prayer to commune with him, for deeper intimacy with him, and to make requests of him. A lot of us go with just a grocery list. Let's just keep that in the back of our minds. 
But it was evident, very evident, that nothing was presented to us in anything they said or did through music, whether praise and worship when they were starting. Everything was first clothed and covered in prayer. And we remember Jesus and uh, that said in John 15 that I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And they definitely took that literally. Apart from me, you can do nothing. They had done a lot of their preparation and everything, but they covered it first with prayer. Another way that that verse in John 15 is translated, uh, Jan read, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Another way that that's said in other translations is, if you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. So abide and remain, very strong words. And it was modeled, like you said, very consistently and taught to us very consistently at the conference. And it wasn't about being showy and say, oh, you can trust us now because we prayed. It was more about uh, being honest about our need for God, right? Being honest that we need God because we are not trustworthy as human beings on our own, but need God to guide us and to correct us and to hem us in and as well as to propel us. And, and I, what I appreciated, too, that it, was a, that it came at the cost of having a show and it came at the cost of everything running smoothly. So God was raised above those uh, image pieces and placed at the, at the center of those things. And what it modeled to us as disciples, disciples both communally and individually, that our actions, our worship, our teaching, our service, our response to teaching our service, those things are either signs of remaining and abiding or they're not signs of remaining and abiding. They are either actions that help us to abide and remain in God or they are actions that don't help us to remain or abide in God. And there is power in abiding, right? There's power in abiding. And we see and experience that power through prayer. Prayer is the thing that connects us to our vine. Prayer is the thing that connects the branches to the roots, so to speak. In fact, in that same conversation that Jesus was having with his disciples about remaining in the vine, he told his followers, if you abide in me and my words, my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My words abiding means you live what I call you to do. You do what I ask you to do. They aren't just words, but they remain and they abide in you. So Jesus connects prayer with living lives in accordance with his kingdom. He connects those two things together. Jan, could you tell us about some of the different kinds of prayer at work that helped us to abide in Christ during the conference? And then those are the ones that have kind of propelled us forward in our life here together. Well, actually, um, it was it was a real neat joy and really really cool to to see all the various ways that that they presented or used prayer um, for the purposes that we've been talking about and to abide in the vine and to to grow closer to the God, to, to the Lord's heart and to to hear what the Holy Spirit would have us say and to give us power and to give them power for their um, their presentations that they had worked hard at 
or the music team who had prepared. First of all, there was um, 7 a.m. daily prayer. And uh, that was mainly, I think, for the leaders and, and the small group leaders, the speakers. But it was an open invitation to all of, our, uh, all of the participants. And I know Joyce went and was extremely blessed. I didn't go because I had some health issues. I wish I had of. But um, it was a time where they got together, and they must have been really tired because this conference went till later in the evening, and they started their, their day in prayer. So, And when I think about this practice, it's a lot like what most of us do when we have morning devotions, right? We get up, we want to start our day with God, so we spend time in prayer, and scripture reading and meditation and that sort of thing. And and that's been something that's been a part of a, a fa- our faith traditions for a long time. But this prayer to me was helpful, especially on the day that I participated in it, because it made us expectant for God to be at work during the day. By starting with a prayer of of expecting God to do something, it made us look out for God the rest of the day. It made us listen for the Holy Spirit in that day. It made us seek to see Jesus and his kingdom at work around us during that day. And it makes me think of the psalmist in Psalm 5. Listen to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For to you I pray, O Lord. In the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I plead my case to you and watch. So it's not just a prayer that says, okay, I did that, started my day out right, and I can put it aside now. But it's a prayer that expects God to do something in that day and to speak to you. You know, I just want to add my little mini, mini testimony right here in that I've known probably Jesus personally since I was 21. And I really didn't start this practice of daily waking up and having quality time with him and quantity until about six years ago. And it was it was during the, the six most traumatic years of my life that I was growing in depths and leaps and bounds with him. But ironically during those times it was it was it was when I, I got closer to the to the Lord's heart, to, to the Father's heart and that he sustained me, and he not only sustained me, I flourished, like flourished like a palm tree in the house of the courts of the Lord. It was amazing. And uh, I came across this this quote. It was Corrie Ten Boone. It wasn't Mother Teresa, but I just loved loved this. She said, "This is Corrie. Make a date with the King and show up, whether you feel like praying or not. Just do it." You know, and I do think that's there's some um, depth in there because. How many times do we feel like doing a lot of things in life, right? And we just have to make a date, make a time, put it in our, our bullock, uh, time keeper, whatever we do. So I, um, I do encourage you to have that time in the morning or whenever. Now, there was a, a, another um, prayer practice we saw um, before each speaker came up and spoke, and I've alluded to this already, um, the speakers and the, the staff and the people that were leading the seminar asked 
us in the audience and ask for anyone to come up and pray over the person speaking. And I've shared this a little bit ago. They, of course, had already prepared. You know, they don't come there unprepared. But they did not want to even go forth without being covered in prayer because they realize they have to abide minute by minute, hour by hour, in the vine. And so um, that was really that was really powerful. So this is something that we have started to do here. As you've noticed, when people have come up to pray for me before we have the sermon or the message, instead of having me lead it each week, uh, we pray before we read scripture and listen to someone talk about scripture because we want to cooperate, right, with the work of God. We want to be humbly receptive, both as listeners and as the preacher, And so, you know, when I do this prayer, a lot of times I will pray about my heart, our hearts being open, right? Our eyes being open, our ears being open, our souls being open, our minds being open. Because even by just doing that one piece of acknowledging that we can close ourselves from God, we open ourselves to God, right? And so uh, I also add to that prayer for myself the, the words of the psalmist in Psalm 19. Let the words in my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And so it seems right to me. It seems right to me that this prayer should not just be offered by me all the time as the preacher. Because we listen and we learn and we speak and we grow together. By having a member of the congregation offer this prayer, they symbolically represent all of us submitting to Christ and Christ's work as the message is heard. And by submitting to God's will, we hear that word together. In Ephesians, Paul asks others to pray for him as he shares the word of God. Pray for me, he writes, so that when I speak, a message may be given to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. So this prayer that Paul calls for and I call for as a preacher is already being offered in a number of different settings in our church, but why not, right? Why not make it a communal activity in our worship together by having other people offer it as well? Another um, uh interesting observation which i actually never seen in churches before and maybe it does happen that there were about four or five prayer intercessors that just lined the back of the auditorium um, from morning till night uh, save for meal times and whatnot Um, they would be at the back praying quietly reading their bibles quietly um I know that some of the speakers did go and pray with them. We could, we, we also could. But it was like we were enveloped. And you felt when you came into that room, you were enveloped by the Holy Spirit, the comfort, the, you felt secure. You felt this is where you were to be. They actually called themselves the wall from Nehemiah, right? As they stood in the back. Uh, as a shield in prayer. And these people lived out the command of Ephesians 6 to pray in the spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. 
Paul goes on to say, to that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. So if you notice there, prayer is both a verb and a noun. Prayer is something we do as well as the object that we experience. So prayer is something we do, but it's also something that we are enveloped in and surrounded by because it's all about being in the presence of God when you pray. And so these people at the back were doing that for us. They were putting us into the presence of God so that we could focus on what God was doing in our midst. And there are people in our congregation who have started to do this for us in our worship services. Joyce will sometimes be standing at the back to do this prayer time during the service. But there are also people who are sitting in the seats offering these prayers, listening to the Holy Spirit for what they should be praying about, praying and humbly asking for. That's what supplication means, to humbly ask for God's work to be done in our midst. For those who need to hear a certain word, to hear it. They are petitioning and interceding on our behalves. And they are asking God to humbly receive the offering of our worship as something beautiful and lovely to them. So they're helping us to live out this biblical picture of what worship is by interceding and praying for us and enveloping our worship time in prayer. This was this was a little threatening to me when we when we started our Monday, um, our names were at random uh, chosen to form small groups which would we would participate in for the following three days, and we would have about good ninety minutes or two hours in the afternoon in a small group, people that we didn't know. Fortunately, there was nine people from here, so. Um, uh, there was a pretty good chance that you would know somebody. And uh, I know I had Lindsay in my group, which was so comforting. And also Walt Brower was in our group. That was awesome to, to see him again. So at that time, we did have a facilitator who started us off um, with a topic or one, you know, maybe initiated conversation on some of the teachings we had heard. Um, but most of it was to, to be vulnerable and translucent and share with each other what we're going through, our burdens or whatever, and uh, pray over each other. And many people that were there, actually, there, I think the majority were um, Presbyterian or CRC ministers. And so I felt a little intimidated. I've never been a real group prayer before, but... It was absolutely so awesome. I'll speak a little bit more about that later, and um, Chelsea will respond to this. Most of us are familiar with it when it's what it's like to pray as a small group, right? When we pray for one another and share, it really is an opportunity to live out those New Testament love or New Testament one another commands that we had in our worship folders last week, right? As we carry one another's burdens, as we encourage one another, and as we pray with and for one another. So I'm not going to say more besides that about this one. Yeah, I have a little more because it was so neat. And after, like last week was on philos, right? Is that how you pronounce it, philos? And that's exactly what happened after maybe the first day and a half. We started to really becoming cohesive. We felt 
I felt, and I know Lindsay did, uh, we felt not only the agape love, we were concerned for our brother, and we had some heavy things happening in our group, and I think the other group people did. I can just speak about our group. But we started to develop and cultivate that, that philos, that, that real tender-hearted affection for each other. And um, it also lent us to be able, and that's the, that's the Holy Spirit. I know it wasn't me, and Lindsay would attest to this, I'm sure. The Spirit gave us words to pray over just the right things that people would wanted, needed to hear. It was amazing. So it, it, it's quite amazing. It, you know, it, it, was, it was just a real blessing. Um, now, after lunch, uh, gosh, we packed a lot of things in because we had our two-hour small group after lunch. Prior, just after lunch, we had about a 90-minute prayer walk with God on our own in the gardens. And this retreat center is, is, is right in the middle of Surrey, but it's set back and it's got acres of beautiful, lush gardens and bird feeders all over and birds that you would just die for, Marlene. I tell you, it was so wonderful. And uh, they gave us um, a, a, a guide of something. Well, you'll have to speak to that because I never took it. I did my own thing. Um, but at that time, I remember the, one of my favorite verses that Eleanor, my dear sister, gave me when I was struggling so much, Isaiah thirty fifteen, In repentance and rest is your salvation, in quietness and trust is your strength. I just took that verse and I just communed with God. This was uh, perhaps uh, one of the more meaningful ways uh, to pray for me. Because it really speaks to the fact that prayer isn't just about making us feel better about talking about something or getting something off of our chest. Prayer is about being open to being changed by God. So you have a conversation with God about something that's going on in your life or the world, and then you have to be willing for him to respond, right? You have to be willing for him to tell you if you're wrong, and he can tell you that in any number of ways by speaking to you through someone else or by doing like he did for many of us through this prayer guided time by having a handout that actually guided us through steps on different topics. So one of the topics was giftedness. Another one of the topics was learning how or how to pray or intercede on someone else's behalf. Another one was on what you were carrying, that, that stuff that you keep real deep inside and don't let anybody talk to you about but who god as the god of transformation as the god of healing wants to see you be healed from so if you do these sorts of things honestly then you are being guided by the holy spirit into that work with god and i think that this is one of the ways that the holy spirit accomplishes its work that we hear about in Romans 8, that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, right? When we need to be changed, we don't always know it. So we don't know how to pray as we ought, but that the very Spirit of God intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And sometimes that's 
sighs too deep for words that people around us feel about the need of our change. And that's the Holy Spirit sighing too deep for words too. So Jan was saying that's what happened in their small group setting when they were able to pray over people and they felt as though they had the words that God wanted this person to receive. It was the Holy Spirit praying for that person through others in the group. Yep. And the same sort of thing happened with a handout that guided us through prayer exercises. The Holy Spirit interceded for the saints according to the will of God. And by submitting to using those, some of us experienced God's change in that time. Through these handouts or spending time alone in quiet reflection or even going through guided prayer, guided prayer experiences like the Stations of the Cross that were present at the retreat center, we were, perhaps without realizing it, listening to the Holy Spirit through prayer in order to grow as God's beloved child and disciple. Um, we we debriefed coming um, out of our wonderful experience. Um, I can't remember. It was a while afterwards. And I just wanted to share a few things what what others in, in our uh, others in our nine uh, experienced and, and shared. Um, and it's probably some of them have been touched on already, but um, several of our group members w- were convicted to, to listen more to the Holy Spirit because we found how important that was to get his proper direction. And then it yielded so much fruit just like praying over somebody. I wouldn't have had the words for that. Um, And then someone else has begun, as Chelsea has alluded to, um, feeling nudges while she's in church and just stopping to pray for a person or something that this was new and it's starting and it's becoming more prevalent in, in her life at church. Even she may not be paying attention to everything, but that's what she needs to do is to pay attention to that Holy Spirit nudge. Um, And then, of course, we've talked about uh, Joyce um, has felt the the move to intercess and and be like, you know, Nehemiah in the wall and uh, just take the body and just intercess at the back of the church. And please, we invite anybody if they feel that to do that. And this was neat. Um, Someone else returned with a strong affirmation that being in the apprenticeship study has opened the door, or in other words, has fostered a gateway for more intimacy with God and a better understanding of spiritual disciplines and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Several of us were moved to more fervent prayer on a regular basis for the church. And I am going to be um, recapping all the different opportunities in just a second of all the ways that we can participate in the prayer life of our church. So it's been a joy for me to see the ways in which this small group of people growing as disciples of Jesus has benefited or blessed me and our entire congregation In fact, I don't think many of us would be able to pinpoint uh, how it's been a blessing, but maybe you have sensed a difference in some area of your life 
And I would just like to say that is how the Holy Spirit works. Holy Spirit does not need credit, uh, though we happily give God the credit. I have just one more thought from everyone who decided to improve or become a more faithful disciple of Jesus through prayer. There is one key thing that I see in their attitude that they share, and it's gratitude. That it's not by accident that gratitude and prayer go together. In fact, the Heidelberg Catechism describes prayer as the most important piece of our thanksgiving to God. Our thanksgiving to God is expressed most pleasingly in prayer to God. And this is something we see in scripture as well. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 19. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Just to wrap this up, I just want to remind you of the opportunities, as I said. Um, Every Wednesday morning from 8 to 9, uh, we meet in the prayer room for prayer. And uh, I didn't know this, but, um, and I want to communicate it to you, uh, our faithful Bob and uh, Sam for years have been meeting there with a few others coming and going. They pray through the church directory. You are prayed through for every every year. Um, We go through a couple of pages and and each uh, Wednesday we pray for the congregation uh, or those names that we... um, uh, were allocated on our on the page, and then the church, and then the staff, and any other needs. It's wonderful. You can come and go. You can come late, leave early. So we welcome you. Um, there is a prayer second Saturday of every month at 10 a.m. There you go. It'll be in uh, November. Um, before the service at 9.30 in the prayer room for all what we've just talked about. Um, it's not a prayer chain anymore. Uh, help me, Marlene. Uh, there is confidential prayer. If you email Marlene or the or the church, there, um, it's to the church, and you email. It's prayer request, and that the people who were prayers on that end will will pray in confidence um, via an email that they receive. Um, we invite invite anyone each Sunday when um, someone is is preaching, like Chelsea will be away a lot, so anyone who's preaching to invite them. To, to, uh, invite, can I do that? Just just like even if it's not you, will people welcome others to come and pray over them? Okay, okay. But if Pastor Chelsea is, is preaching and she gives the invitation, please feel free to come up and just even say a one-liner. It, you know, and a hand. That's, 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 we don't, the Lord can do the rest. Intercess come at the back of the church. And uh, if you are more interested in, in, in the, the group and, and what we're doing, um, and where we're going to go from here, and we're not quite sure, uh, please speak to me. Um, and, uh, if you want to b- borrow the book, speak to Lindsay. She has a list of who's borrowed them or who hasn't. And so, this is um, the reminder of the prayer times on the back of your bulletin. 
And um, our next meeting will be November 3rd at 10 a.m. in the auditorium, if, if that interests you, and you can speak to me ahead of time. So I think that's it before I, I do the prayer. I see it's getting late. I'm just going to give a short congregational prayer right now. So if you'll join me in your hearts to the Lord. Our dear Heavenly Father, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord God Almighty. May we take the posture of the psalmist as he says that his soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. As we have been talking about prayer this morning, we ask you, Heavenly Father, reveal yourself to us through this time of intimacy and stillness. Hallowed be your name, a name which is above every name. As we sung this morning, your name is a strong and mighty tower. And it's a shelter like no other. May we remember that when we go through our hardships and have our problems. Hear and accept our praises, Lord, and may they be authentic and pleasing to you. Search our hearts, Holy Spirit, and bring to mind anything that may be um, taking our Father's place in our lives. We know that David had to ask for you to search to the depth of his heart to see if there was anything that remained offensive or unpleasing to you. So we ask, Lord, that we do that. I know we've been around the communion table and may have petitioned you and, and asked for you know, forgiveness for what we um, have done this past week. But Father, search our hearts and show us anything that we don't know, but you know. Please give us the awareness and the humility and the obedient heart to forgive others willingly and completely, Father, as you have forgiven us, Lord, and leave no bitter root behind, Father. As we heard earlier, Psalm 5, saying in the morning, Lord, you hear our voice. In the morning, we lay our requests down before you and wait expectantly. Jesus, your word tells us to cast our cares on you, to come unto you and give, you will give us rest. Help us to trust you with this, Lord, and be obedient with these instructions. Help us to leave every burden we are carrying today with you and wait expectantly for your answers and promised peace. And let us not forget to be patient when answers do not come right away. You are working in the waiting, Lord. You want the best for your children. You know the end from our beginnings and will work your good out in our lives if we love you and are devoted to your calling and purposes. Help us, as Pastor Chelsea reminded us, to do this with thanksgiving and humble gratitude. Speaking of thanksgiving, Father, we give you praise and gratitude for the healthy delivery of the Weber twins. And, O oh Lord, you are good. And surround that family continually and continue your grace and health and blessings, Lord. We pray for the people who are sick. Lord, we ask that your tender mercies and healing balm will be around the Walsh family. Oh, so many needs, Father. And Dan Mason's family going through grief and loss. 
We know, God, you are a God of detail. Thank you that you know what they need before they even do, before we even know what to ask for them. And we've been taught that your spirit will groan on their behalf. Father, we just lift up your um, your will and your answers for the refugee crisis. And I pray for the leaders and our, and for the minds that they would be open and very uh, just sensitive to what you meant you would have for them to to do and 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 what the solutions are. We pray for that ourselves as well in a confusing and perplexing and very very difficult situation. And I I want to also lift up the coming election. Oh, Father, you know what's best for our country, that your will will be done in the outcome. Oh, yes, we we pray that, Lord. Now, Lord, I just want to pray for the church family and our ministry leaders and elders and deacons and especially for those people whose hearts you have stirred to take up the vacant positions on council. We especially pray for our dear pastor and shepherd pastor, Chelsea. Oh, dear Lord, thank you for bringing her to us, for her wisdom and her communication and teaching skills. May she persevere with tenacity and grit dealing with her health challenges. You are the great physician. You are the great healer, Lord. Mend her body, O oh God, and refresh her heart in Christ Jesus. As we go from this place, may we seek daily to make our hearts your home, Lord. May we unceasingly ponder and reflect on your encouraging words. The glorious riches of the mystery, Christ in me, the hope of glory. In your name we ask this. Amen. We're going to collect the offering now, and the offering is for CCC Ministries, and uh, as we do that, if that's okay, we're going to make this the final song. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to also, um, do, you, how, do you think we can handle standing up and passing the plates, or do we need to be seated to pass plates? We can be standed. Okay, good. Because I also want to give you God's parting blessing before we sing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Amen.